There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, August 22nd. I'm Sophie Casas. Today we're taking a deep dive into the serious mental health effects of being a firefighter in California, which is experiencing the worst wildfire season in years. Right now, California wildfires are the worst they've been in a long time. Earlier this month, two firefighters died battling the Carr Fire, two more died in the Ferguson Fire in Yosemite, and the Mendocino Complex Fire bloomed into the second largest blaze in California history. As you can imagine, battling these fires is both grueling and dangerous work. But what a lot of people don't know is that firefighters are more likely to die by suicide than in the line of duty. The numbers are staggering, and this new research is causing many fire departments to start taking the mental health of their employees a lot more seriously. I sat down with vice journalist Cole Kasdan to learn more. Firefighting obviously includes fighting fires, which in and of itself is extremely scary and very dangerous. But the job goes beyond just fighting fires a lot of the time. What are some of the scenarios that firefighters find themselves in and are are called to handle in this position? Most firefighters are firefighter paramedics. So most of the calls that firefighters tend to deal with are medical calls. And that can be someone having a heart attack, a drunk homeless person, someone who hanged themselves. It can be in connection with a crime or something like a vehicle accident where you have cops and firefighters on the scene. So while they're called firefighters and they do fight a lot of fires, especially in the West and especially now, Most of what they're doing is not necessarily fighting fires all the time. Because in this job, they see so many terrible things and are called into crises over and over again. You explain in your article that while fighting fires is very dangerous, that actually some of the most dangerous parts of this job happen when firefighters are off the clock. And this is because the mental health effects of this work can be so serious. Things like PTSD, high suicide rates. Can you talk a little bit about this and how have fire departments been acknowledging the emotional effects of this work recently? Well, fire departments, at least the ones in California uh, with whom I spoke, they've always had some sort of employee mental health services division, but it hasn't necessarily been very utilized. Firefighters, the ones I spoke with, talk about the culture of being a firefighter as very just sort of suck it up and deal with it. And your job is to jump into crises and solve them and rescue people and help people and save houses. And firefighters aren't really conditioned to think about themselves. It's not the culture. Many firefighters even told me that if you are being emotional, 
on the job, you're not going to be very helpful to someone who really needs you to think quickly, get them out of a situation, save their lives. When they're off the clock, the trauma that they witness or experience themselves really starts to sink in. And many firefighters are career firefighters. They do it for 10, 20, 30 years. And over that time, the trauma just becomes a part of them. Many firefighters spoke with me, quite frankly, about substance abuse issues. They come home. They don't want to speak with their spouses about what they've seen that day. They don't want to talk about it at the dinner table in front of their kids. They want to spare their families. Or it's something they don't want to talk about, period. So they shut down. They start drinking. They close themselves off from the people closest to them. So the people with whom I spoke described real struggles with processing what they've been through, and it took them a long time to notice it. There's a lot of shame around admitting that you can't handle, for lack of a better word, what you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So what are fire departments in California specifically doing to address this? Well, Cal Fire has done something really interesting in that they're starting to bring peer counselors to the fire lines. So the fire line is where the fire is, where you're standing fighting that fire with water. When you come off the fire line and you come down to sort of a base camp or incident command area, there are now peer counselors who are veteran firefighters who are just there for you. So instead of you having to, in three weeks, go to employee services to ask to speak to a counselor, which probably most people wouldn't want to do in or out of the fire department necessarily, now when these uh, men and women come off the fire line, there are peer counselors who are firefighters like them who get it, who aren't ambushing them with psychotherapy. They're just saying, hey, I'm here. That was pretty intense. Is there anything you want to talk about? Hey, we can get a cup of coffee sometime. And sometimes that's it. It's just opening a little door to start a conversation. And from there, often these counselors can refer firefighters who think they might need some help to professionals, either substance abuse professionals, mental health counselors, psychologists, and get them on a path to helping them out. Is incorporating mental health care and the language of mental health care into this work new for fire departments? This is pretty new for fire departments, especially now that more fire departments are actually looking for specific first responder mental health care. Many cities, because a fire department is part of a city, will have workers' comp psychologists available to people. And these are the people that would see plumbers, electricians, firefighters, police departments. Firefighters and police departments and other first responders like paramedics are now seeing that first responders have unique mental health needs. And that is pretty new. Uh, The San Diego Fire Department is now contracting with a specific first responder mental health service to meet their unique needs. And that is a huge step towards helping a lot of people. You mentioned that a lot of people in this line of work are career firefighters, which means you have certain firefighters who have been doing this for 20 or 30 years and are older now. Have you seen any generational difference between how older firefighters and newer, younger firefighters are responding to this shift in culture? 
The firefighters I spoke with told me that the old guard definitely responds to these kinds of conversations in a very different way from the younger generation of firefighters. The millennial generation of firefighters responds to these conversations. When it's introduced in a training, they tend to say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. And then move on to the firefighting stuff, that sort of training, the physical stuff, the reason why a lot of people seek out this line of work. For the old guard, it's much more of a, you know, keep your shit together, suck it up. You're here to fight fires. You're here to save lives and and not to talk about themselves. So I did speak with people all across the board in terms of ages and a lot of career firefighters who are now realizing how important it is to talk about these issues. But in general, uh, from some of the higher ups, the chiefs who kind of survey the whole landscape, they say that the younger generation of firefighters is much more responsive to these kinds of conversations. Gotcha. You've done a few stories on firefighters before, but this is your first story that really gets at the mental health results of this profession. What was that like for you? Because I have covered firefighters and a couple of different stories not related to mental health, so I've spent time on ride-alongs and I've spent time in fire departments, I was really impressed one-on-one when working on this story and reporting this that people would really share very heavy heavy trauma with me and speak about it in a very eloquent and honest way, speak about how they even didn't want to get help because they're on the other side of it now. But I spoke with several firefighters who have been fighting fires for 20 years, maybe some one of them 30 years, and they really were, to me, surprisingly expressive in how they spoke about their experiences. While this article is upsetting because you describe these really traumatic experiences that so many firefighters have gone through and their struggles with PTSD, suicidal ideation, and just general despair. It's also a very hopeful article. You know, you're pointing to this very positive cultural shift in fire departments and people are starting to be provided with mental health care, but also are starting to be able to ask for help when they need it. Do you think that we'll see any other changes coming in the near future? I think one thing that's very helpful is when firefighters and first responders can communicate with each other about what they experience, because this shared experience makes them feel not alone and that it's okay to get help. And I think the other really significant piece of this is for departments to get first responder-specific mental health care. I think that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to mental health care, of course, but first responders have really unique needs. And the more departments adopt specifically first responder therapists and mental health professionals, instead of just whoever the city is using for everyone else who's a city employee, that's going to help a lot of people. And we're really starting to see that happen. Well, this has been really informative. Um, I just want to thank you, Cole. Sure. And just lastly, if you are listening and struggling with a mental health issue in the U.S., you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And if you're in Canada, you can visit suicideprevention.ca for more information on how to get help. Thank you so much for listening. To read Cole's full article, go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.